Welcome to People Helping People, the podcast to inspire greater social change and give you ideas on how to take action. I'm your host, Adam Morris, and we're kicking off 2021 with some inspiration about creating space to learn and grow. Today, we have Galicia Gordon, founder of Leading Learners. She started Leading Learners over a year ago to connect students with free, useful resources, scholarships, and tools to take their education forward. In the last year, they reached over a thousand students each month and connected their audience with over 4 million in scholarships. So let's dive right in. Galicia, welcome on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so great to be here. Can you give us just a little bit of a background about what Leading Learners is? Sure. So originally I had started up Leading Learners as having a platform where students could go to have every sort of resource they may need completely free of charge just to support them during their academic years. And that can also help them going into the future, mainly for many students, that's an unknown future. So I had just thought, why not have a one-stop platform for students and all their free and accessible resources? Now, you started this when you were 16? Yeah, so just over a year. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> what led you to actually launch this and get this off the ground? <laughs> so there were two kind of things. Growing up, just because of my diverse background, I already had to learn three languages by around the age of six. So I had always found learning really inspirational and I just love learning overall. But then I think what really um, helped me initiate this platform was going into grade 10, students are given these career exploration courses where they're expected to find a career path and delve deeper into it, see how they can navigate that world. But once I got to those courses, I'm gonna be completely honest, I had no idea what I wanted to do after high school. <laughs> I was just there completing the tasks that they would give me and I was so lost. So I began doing little surveys around my school and then the community to see if students also felt this way. And then I noticed that there was a common pattern that many students just felt like they were in this constant loop of just completing assignments, but they didn't know what they actually wanted to do after high school. And they didn't know how to build that bridge from high school to post-secondary or high school into the real world. That sounds pretty huge to, to start something like this. How did you actually get it together and off the ground? So after these student surveys, I began asking fellow educators. So for my high school, and then I went around to different post-secondary institutions. We're based here in Vancouver, Canada. So I went around Canadian universities and asked them which kind of resources they use in their classrooms and their seminars and other tutoring services. And then I just began compiling them all together and decided to launch a website to put it all on. And then I did a little recruitment drive, which engaged many students. I was really surprised. And they began doing the same. So they began asking out different teachers, what they use in their classrooms, asking different students what supported them best in a certain subject or their certain class that they want to focus on. And it just went off from there. How did you find people and share what you were doing? It was out of the blue, walking up to students that I've not really talked to, like grade nine students, and just asking them, uh, do you feel prepared for life after high school? It's not too, <laughs> much of, <laughs> not too much of a welcoming question, but I just got the surveys out there, got my different friends to go ask different students and see if they felt the same way. And I asked them what would best support them. And the common answer always was resources and always free resources. Because even when we do find these resources, sometimes there'll be a certainly loophole to find the free and accessible versions of whatever is presented. Now, it seems like you've done a lot more than just connect people with free resources. Like one thing I love about 
your website. So people can find your website at leadlearners.ca. But there's a, a lot of tools that are very easy to digest right there. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that on Instagram as well, like you've created it where there's, there's a very quick tips that people can read through, and learn and get started. As people come in and engage with that, what are you doing to help drive that personal education forward? Yeah. So aside from these resources, we also thought about making student-focused programs and events. So all of our programs, such as Leaders of the Month, where we would have different student leaders in the community who have either improved within themselves, within their communities, or just overall, we would have them on and just ask a few questions on how they got there. So we have different programs where students can learn more about students around them and, you know, just engage overall with our platform And then aside from that, we have events where students can come and ask us questions, different educational professionals and business professionals who have had experiences starting up an organization or a platform or business when they are, you know, a student's age. So it's really inspiring to build that bridge from the high school and uh, post-secondary years going into the future. How has this shaped your own learning? Yeah. So like I had mentioned in grade 10, I had no idea what I wanted to do after high school. I think what really helped me was engaging with these different resources and opportunities around me. So yeah, I believe that leading learners has definitely helped with that. And now I know like I have a more certain path. So I feel a lot more certainty going into my future, which I'm really fortunate of. Right now I'm planning on focusing on equitable education or equal education, probably working in government. I would love that. (laughs) I think that being able to build bridges for people when you do see a problem is really great going into the future. I'd love to dive into that a little bit more because one thing I've noticed here is that there's not an equal access to opportunities or, or resources. And it seems like what you're doing is helping to level that playing field. So I'm curious, like what you've noticed people are struggling to have access to or that kind of equal opportunity. Mainly right now, I believe one of the larger things is the monetary finances going into post-secondary. It's so challenging when you will have to go from these standard high school classes where you're expected to learn everything. But then when you want to go into your desired direction, you're going to have to take out a lot of money to go into that uh, path that you do want to go into. And I think that these monetary uh, donations from different institutions really do help students and being able to supply a platform for students like that, I think has really helped. And they've definitely shown appreciation for taking <laughs> off the edge of maybe even just a few hundred dollars, a few thousands, really great overall in the long run. I noticed on your website, it says you've connected people with over 4 million in scholarships, mm-hmm. which that's a huge number. That's like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> but it sounds like those scholarships range in size a lot. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me just a little bit more? Yeah, for sure. Different institutions will come and ask us if we can advertise their specific scholarship opportunity or universities themselves will ask us. So there are smaller ones, community involvement that will go from a little bit of $100 to maybe inching on to just over 1000 And then there are these larger entrance scholarships based on academic merit or even community involvement as well that can go into the tens of thousands. And I think that building that bridge for students has helped them recognize that there are many opportunities out there. You just really have to look. And I think that (laughs) being able to ease the tension and ease that pressure of searching uh, such a deep down rabbit hole down these university portals has really helped students. (laughs) That's cool. Now, how have you found all of the scholarships? Yeah. So like I mentioned, different institutions will come and advertise with us or they'll just ask us. 
And then if not, then we will also reach out as well in asking what they do offer for different students coming into their programs. Got it. Now, did you have any idea that it would scale to be the size when you started a year ago? (laughs) No, not at all. So like I mentioned, we're here based in Vancouver, Canada, and I originally had thought that this could just be a provincial-wide initiative. So just for students in my community, I didn't think that it would grow larger than Canada-wide and then being on such a large global involvement scale. I did not think that at all. I always (laughs) tell my team like how grateful I am because... Honestly, I did not think this would happen. I had thought at maximum, my big goal, quote unquote, big goal was to reach uh, 500 students because I had thought that's more than my graduating senior class. That would be a huge goal. (laughs) And that was, yeah, that was my massive goal starting up the initiative. And I definitely did not think it would go grow to be this big at all. (laughs) That's really cool. And Every month, it seems like you highlight some of the the leaders that, that come through the platform. Mm-hmm. Can you share some of those stories of what people have experienced connecting through leading learners? Yeah, our Leaders of the Month program. So like I mentioned, we would have different students come on, talk about their improvement within themselves, uh, community, or their academics, and just overall improvement in their lives. And students have definitely demonstrated appreciation for these programs because I remember one of our past leaders of the month had said, I really love what you guys are doing, empowering students, because we could read stories about successful entrepreneurs, but being able to connect students with students like themselves is really inspiring because you're seeing someone your age who is creating greater social change or creating greater change in their schools in life. And it's really inspiring to connect on that student level. Having examples of, of you know what people can do is is really inspiring especially who are in a similar place mm-hmm. even within college students it's funny you, you, you know you're talking about hey you know i'm trying to figure out what i want to do and, <laughs> I'm, in time, and I'm talking to some people who are graduating from college and they're in the same place of, i'm trying to figure out what i want to do just realizing that you're empowered to to create your own direction and figure these things out mm-hmm. i think is a really inspiring message yeah thank um, you Now, what kind of support did you have when you were starting this? Like, how did you find people to help build that? Yeah, I think it ranges from student to student, but my counselors and teachers have been really supportive of myself and my fellow friends and students around me. So we just began asking counselors and educators in our school specifically what they used um, in their classrooms and what they believed were engaging activities or different engaging resources that could actually connect students with a greater understanding of their materials. So I think that definitely the educators and then also government officials had began speaking to us when we had reached out, just asking how they're making change in our education systems. So those two support systems have definitely um, impacted us on a larger scale, I would say. Oh, that's cool. So you, you had people from the government reaching out and interacting with you. Yeah, um, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now, did they find, so were you reaching out to them and initiating conversations? Yeah, it would be both ways. So we have an external relations director who would reach out and ask if we could speak, just asking them what their future plans are going into the next. There there have been definitely a lot of elections recently, so we've been asking them what they plan to do with their time working in government. And then they would also ask us, how are you creating such great change and how are you impacting so many people? This is such an innovative idea, which has been really nice to hear. (laughs) that's always really cool and you create a platform which is growing and it's like hey wait a minute you can do this and you don't need 20 years of experience building (laughs) online (laughs) communities i know that even uh 
for students in, in college, like what I've noticed is sometimes there's this almost hesitation of, hey, wait a minute, I'm not equipped to jump in and create change. Like I need to be better or I need to know something more. Like if they want to take some initiative, that hesitation of mm-hmm. feeling they're not ready or they don't have something to contribute. Yeah, we have definitely helped students from all different ranges. So if the student is more shy, we would suggest that they attend different events. They can completely keep their mics and cameras off now with this Zoom age of things. (laughs) And we have these conversations asking students who have made greater social change, how they would inspire people who are just starting or what they would give advice to their younger selves. So I believe that helps a lot with building that bridge to gain more confidence And then overall, like you had mentioned, through our social pages, we always encourage a lot of positivity and confidence just to get out of the bed in the morning because that's something that many students can also struggle with. But yeah, I think that definitely there are a lot of ranges when it comes to students and actually taking that first leap and taking that first step towards their future. Yeah, I think that's a very critical point. Just almost realizing that you can take that initiative and you can take that first step and not knowing where to start. So if you can say, Hey, actually jump into this event and connect with people here Mm -hmm. that you start to learn and grow. And pretty quickly from there, you say, Hey, there's something going on here and I think I can help. Mm -hmm. And you start diving in. Yeah. I've always been wondering about this of where does that spark come for someone to say, yeah, you know, I want to jump in and make an impact in my community, (laughs) but I don't know where to start to, okay, I'm going to launch something or I'm going to join here and this is how I get started. Yeah, Because it seems like with some people, like once they get started, they just move and grow. (laughs) Yes, yeah, for sure. So so what do these events look like that people come to? So we have different kinds of events. Sometimes we will be invited by different schools to come speak to their students in masses, just speaking to their student audience and um, engaging them in different activities. So we'll have different workshops maybe about mental wellness and different academic activities. And then aside from that, these online events nowadays, we've been doing lots of panels where students and educators and business professionals will be able to give their advice when they were starting up and when they were in their academic years. So helping students between that bridge from high school and post-secondary and then getting into more of a career of their choice. What kind of topics around mental um, wellness have you covered? So we've done different reflective activities. So we'll often ask students what they do in their spare time, what they do to take care of their mental health when um, they are most times, you know, crowded and bombarded with lots of schoolwork. And getting that reflection in, I think, has helped many students through our events. And they have definitely shown a lot of appreciation. We always recommend allowing at least an hour, despite maybe the five hours of studying, (laughs) to get some downtime in there is really awesome. Got it. Have you noticed a big change with mental health over this COVID year with people being locked down? Yeah, I had said to my team earlier this year, so around March when we began planning, there are lots of ranges when it comes to this. So for some students, it might feel like a really isolating period, but it's also good because you get to work on things that you haven't had the chance to. Or for some students, it's lots of missed opportunities. I know my graduating seniors are worried about our dances and things that we're missing out on. (laughs) But I I would say that, yeah, there is lots of range when it comes to how students feel during this time. Mm -hmm. For the students who have not had many experiences and now they're going into that post-secondary or just 
post-academic life overall, it can be challenging when they don't have those uh, real-life experiences, holding out those university pamphlets side-by-side with your friends, (laughs) seeing where you want to go, and then when you do have many experiences, but you feel like this is more of a time to work on yourself, uh, that can be really helpful, I think, when you do have lots of alone time, but overall downtime is, I think, what they would consider it because they have time to work on things that they're more passionate about aside from their academics. That sounds like it's a, a huge question of what am I passionate about? <laughs> Just figuring <laughs> yeah, it out. Yeah. Do you have any stories of, of what people have discovered about themselves as they've come through and connected with the resources? Mm-hmm. Oh, I always uh, come back to this original story. Something that has helped me initiate this initiative going forward was one story with my friend who at the time she was in grade 11 and we're required by graduation to have 30 hours of volunteer experience. But going into grade 12, she had zero hours and she'd come asking to me, how do you do so much? But there's, there's school, there's sports, there's so, so many things that you have to do. How do you have time to volunteer or work for 30 hours to be able to graduate? So <laughs> that was definitely a shocking story for me, knowing that I love engaging in the community. And now through our platform, she had found out about these medical internships. So they'll have students come on and engage and learn more about different programs within a specific post-secondary institution. And it's really been awesome to see her now. She's applying to different science programs going to post-secondary. And I'm so grateful that, you know, we've been able to create change. And those stories like that definitely keep me going. I look around Columbus, Ohio, and there's a, a number of small nonprofits or different support organizations and they're always like looking for help and assistance Mm -hmm. and when they can find a student who will come and intern and help them it's huge Mm -hmm. and especially in a a year like 2020 where quite often their funding has been cut because Mm -hmm. a lot of the funding in nonprofits just went to food or emergency services so uh, i have a question I'm, i'm curious what your vision is for going forward and what you're hoping to accomplish. Yeah, so like I mentioned, I definitely underrate myself. (laughs) I did not think that we would grow to such a larger scale, but now going into the new year, which I'm really excited about, we will definitely be expanding our chapter program. So we have this chapter program where students can create these leadership and initiative-focused clubs or school chapters, and they'll be able to talk with different students in their communities, similar to how I was starting up the organization itself. So we've had different chapters from, of course, Canada here where we're based, and then the U.S., two of the big ones. And then we've also gone to more of the global scale this year, which has been awesome. So Mexico and India, I know, have been our two recent ones, which has been so crazy. But being able to inspire different students who just come on our platform and say, it would be awesome to start up an initiative like this in my own school. It's been so great to see. (laughs) And that must be fun to watch that grow and expand. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So cool. Now, what have you learned about yourself? What has the experience of starting a nonprofit and growing it taught you? Most definitely patience. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit impatient starting up because um, we wanted to get these surveys and get these information sessions quickly out there. And my friends had always mentioned, you can take some time, you can review it, but I just wanted to get everything out there as fast as I could. (laughs) So I recognize that definitely change and greater social change takes time through patience. You can have this amazing mission, and then you're going to have to take some patience going forward because there will definitely be lots of loopholes to go through. And that can be through financial adversities, 
where different people reach and maybe you're not reaching as large of a scale that you wanted to. It's just been teaching me a lot about patience and hard work and determination going forward into my future. Got it. And if somebody else is inspired for starting a nonprofit, do you have any advice that you, you would give them? Yeah. So I always did a lot of research starting it up. I know this can apply in both nonprofit and business world. So lots of market research, but then also not spending too much time on market research. It's got to get a good fine line there. So spending some time to learn more about people that you could potentially impact. And then taking that first leap is really important because I think just getting it off the ground and actually taking that first step can make a change when you do have some knowledge about who you can potentially impact. Having something that you can get feedback on is, is so mm -hmm. critical. Yeah, I've seen this with social entrepreneurs here where it's like they have a great idea and they want to develop it out fully. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that are really successful come up with something small that they can get out in the world and start to get feedback on. Mm -hmm. And somehow that feedback loop really drives the development of whatever kind of impact they're, they're going to make. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's just awesome advice too. <laughs> to do your market research, but also don't spend too much time on it <laughs> yeah. and stuff out there. <laughs> I love that. Great. When do you graduate? What are your plans after this? I will be graduating in June and I hope to attend an honors political science program. So early admission decisions have already rolled out. So I'm really happy about that. And yeah, like I mentioned, going forward, working more towards equitable education and equal education in working directly in government is my main goal right now. Yeah, that's really fantastic. Do you have any events or anything on the horizon coming up in, in the beginning of the year? Yeah, the, in the beginning of the year, we're actually planning on releasing a booklet for student success. So we had done some courses, um, our own online courses with business professionals. And now we're thinking about putting it more into a physical booklet. Uh, so a copy that students can have going into school. And I think that would be really great to expand and bring into different schools. Through our student success course, we had actually went through different topics like outreach, you know, writing those uh, often cold emails to get an internship you might need, and being able to connect with different students, how to make, take that first leap in your community involvement. So we've covered lots of basics and essentials for students who were inexperienced, and it would be awesome to see that expand and grow even larger into the new year. Right. Thank you so much for, for jumping on and, and sharing and, and kicking off 2021 with a, a podcast on how people can get involved and, and dive into things. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for those that are listening, once again, you, you can find out about this on the web at leadlearners.ca or on Instagram at leadlearners. So check those places out. You can also find more resources in the show notes on peoplehelpingpeople.world. In January, we're connecting with guests to help you start the year with clarity and new possibilities for creating change. And so I'm so excited to kick off with Galicia. So stay tuned and thanks so much for listening. Cheers. Thank you.